Well, hey, everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Thank you for tuning in today. You have found me here at the intersection of faith and culture. And today I'm going to air part two of my interview with June Hunt. We're going to be talking about the issue of domestic abuse. As I said yesterday, this is a conversation that hits very close to home for me. And I hope many of you are encouraged. If you know someone who is struggling in an abusive relationship, being a dating relationship or a marriage, please pass this podcast on to them because God's heart is not for women to stay in abusive relationships. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Before I jump into part two of today's interview, I want to let you know you can find this book. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. It's called Domestic Abuse. There's no excuse for abuse. And this comes from June Hunt's Keys for Living Library. June Hunt is a legend among those of us who have been in the broadcast world for any amount of time. She is a calming voice and she is an authoritative voice on so many issues related to human relationships. And she tackles everything from a biblical perspective, and she knows the word of God. At the end of this interview today, I will be coming back and sharing a little bit with you about my own story growing up and how God has been healing me and allowed me to go from a place of fear into a place of walking in faith with Jesus Christ. It's the reason why my husband and I are coming up on uh, 34 years of marriage, and it's uh, the reason, frankly, why marriages succeed at all is because we know the word of God and we want to walk according to his word. So I hope you guys enjoyed this part two interview with my friend, June Hunt. Over and over, except it becomes more dangerous. I, I agree. And this was absolutely, I don't, I don't talk about my own story very often. I wrote about it a little bit uh, wow. in a book that I published in 2017 called Becoming Mom Strong. And just, you know, glimpses of of sort of my life. But something that you said really resonated with me. And I think it's important for listeners because there will be a lot of people listening to this who maybe they know of a family situation that's that's unhealthy or maybe even dangerous. And it can be easy to think, well, we'll just go in and confront the abuser. But something you said before really Mm -hmm. resonated with me because this happened in my life over and over and over again. People would see it. They would confront my dad. And my dad would appear remorseful or my dad would be embarrassed. Being embarrassed was the worst part about it because when those people left, they felt like, okay, I did the thing. We told them, you know, you're behaving badly. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do, you know, A, B, and C. And when they would leave, there was hell to pay. And I mean it. And so I always tell people, you can't walk into an abuse. It's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. You can't walk into an abusive situation and make a course correction. It's like going into a hornet's nest and stirring up the hive. And then walking away. And I, I know because I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, for my mother, the only way to make that actually end was to leave. And when we left, we went to a safe house. We were escorted there by a police officer. We had to actually leave the situation instead of having someone come into the situation and try to get the abuser wow. to understand. June, what is behind what does an abuser believe? Because in so many respects, I think this was true for me growing up. My my dad, um, who I think, you know, I loved my dad. He has mm-hmm. obviously huge, huge issues, um, but he had a very different mindset and it was very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. How do you get into the mind of someone who's abusive like that? 
it is vital. Thank you for asking. That That is a wise question because to understand where he is coming from and what she is thinking too it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a hand in glove situation um she she feels she must measure up and he's angry because she's not measuring up to his expectations um he believes abuse is normal likely because he grew up in that by the way i did not know until Oh, it was a, a minimum of ten years after my father died. A um, his nephew came to my home, and his nephew is actually my mom's age. So it was kind of odd, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he said, uh, and this was having to do with something else entirely. Why he was there, but he was at at my front door. And he said, "By the way, uh, are you aware that? Are you aware that?" Uh, your dad, as a boy, used to be at our house. Sometimes he would sleep at our house or sleep on a church pew. And I thought, you know, I wasn't That's interesting. at all. I didn't even yeah. understand what that meant. And I said, no, I've, I've not heard this. And I, I was trying to connect the dots, and I wasn't. And finally, he said, yes, his his father would beat his mother. Uh-huh. And then the kids would rent, run and escape. And sometimes they would make it to our house, and other times uh, they couldn't get to our house. Uh, we he, we would he would the kids would sleep on on a church pew, mm. and I went, no, I've never heard this at all. I went to my brother. And I said, Braid, are you aware that the and I, I repeated it better than hopefully I just now did, <laughs> and and. Uh, he said, no, I've not heard this. And by the way, I remember thinking, what do I remember my father saying about his upbringing? What do I remember him saying about his own father? Not a word, not one word. That's not normal. Men like to talk about their dads. They yes. like to tell stories. They like to, not a word. And I went to my two sisters, uh, born five years younger. They never heard him say one word about his dad. I went to some of the first family, his dad, my dad's first family, and told a few of them, Have, are you aware of this? None of them knew this. Mm. So my point is, and this goes along with what you're saying, um, I, I, I am confident that he thought it was normal of yep. sorts. Uh, and especially uh, that, Jealousy and possessiveness are characteristics of love. He was very jealous of, it wasn't necessarily other men. I mean, he just wanted all of mom's time. And mm-hmm. so we were in the way as kids. So I was sent away to boarding school uh, after a, I was beaten once, but only once. Uh, and yet um, I then I was sent away every summer to camp. And, it, you know, you would... Normally think, oh, how wonderful to go to camp, you know, as a teenager. Well, it's wonderful, but not if you are being sent away and you know you're being sent away because you're not wanted to be around. Um, Sometimes men think um, beatings demonstrate caring concern. I'm, you know, I'm beating you into submission to be or and, and 
some men is just this is proving my masculinity. Uh, I I have to always be in charge, and he was all in charge. I mean, no, we we never had any say in anything. I'm, I mean, it was just all uh, an unbenevolent dictatorship, um, and so he had he believed he had the right to control whatever the circumstance is, and. The problem is the corollary to that, and that is where women, they can feel, based on their situation, that abuse is normal, uh, that, and that can be their normal, um, or that family problems are private so you don't ever talk. Now, that's yeah. classic. That's so, yep, that's how it was when I was growing up. Yep. And that she must protect the family image. Mm-hmm. Is that what your mom thought? Thought, yes, Phil. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, husbands, um, you know, it, it's being it's being a peace at all costs person. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything for peace. Now I know that's where my mom was. Mm-hmm. Um, she feels she doesn't have a biblical right to even separate, even though I'm going to throw this in right here. The Bible. If we look at the Bible, the Bible actually says. A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. That's Proverbs nineteen nineteen. The Bible also says, Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Listen to this. Do not associate with one mm-hmm. easily angered. So, if you're not to associate, that means you have a biblical right to move out of harm's way. If there is a dangerous situation, if there is, if there are, if there's any violence at all, it's not right in God's sight. So she doesn't know that, though. I mean, how many women do you know that even know these verses? Um, But she believes that biblical submission in marriage permits abuse because Many times she's been told that you must submit no matter what. Yep. And they can, she can believe that two parents in an abusive home is better than one healthy parent. Nope, there's no biblical position like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, I think she believes there's no one there to help her, she, mm-hmm. that she won't. There, so, so she feels trapped, helpless, worthless. Uh, my mom. I, it, it just hurt me so much because my mom felt shame. Um, af- even after coming to Christ, but there is an isolation aspect. There's being, feeling humiliated, um, and mother wasn't one to share what was really going on, uh, and she was—I think she was emotionally exhausted. Yeah. And so, and and part part of the reason I think for her was she may think a, a wife who's being abused could think, well, he's all I have, or he'll take the children, uh, and and the stigma of being by herself. You know, there are major major issues, but every female. Um, in this situation, you know, God created her. She's a creation. And God has a solution that's mm-hmm. right in his sight. 
So just allowing abuse is not healthy for the children. It's not healthy for her. It's not healthy for him because it's unbiblical and he won't have the blessing of God. It's true. And and really, uh, it's much more likely for children that grow up in homes like that to marry an abuser. You know, you just you continue the cycle of abuse. I have often said here at the show and in the many books that I've written and where I've talked a little bit about this, that I felt like it was God's mercy over my life that I did not marry a man who was similar to my own dad. Um, and so it's another thing I always tell moms, think about the example that you're setting for your own children. You're oh. letting your daughter know it's okay to stay. It's okay to stay in this relationship. Talk to the the mom right now who's in an abusive relationship. And again, I mean, I think it's important for us to say, we're not talking, I'm not trying to give somebody an excuse to leave just because you're unhappy with your husband or because he didn't yeah. load the dishwasher or because he yelled at you one time. We're talking about uh, systematic, we're talking about abuse that's, yes, we're talking about it's this is the real thing. What are the steps for breaking out of an abusive marriage? Because I know that um, there will be people who are listening to this who have a friend who's in an abusive marriage, or maybe there's a woman listening and she she knows June that you're talking to her and her heart is breaking and maybe her heart is pounding right now mm-hmm. and she doesn't know mm-hmm. how to how to break out. Understand that it's biblical to literally not yield to violence. Uh, there's not one passage that's right about, mm. um, in fact, the Bible says, bring to an end your violence and make the righteous secure. So mm. what we see is there's a wrong belief that you could be believing, like I'm to blame for not meeting all the needs. I, I, it's believing what he has said as opposed to the, uh, the, for, for, for the person who's being abused. Because uh, she thinks she's to blame, because she's told it over and over and over. And the right mindset is, I am not to blame for his abuse toward me. See, nobody causes another person to be abusive. I'm not his piece of property to be used. I can choose whether I am willing to be around those who mistreat me, including my husband. If If I lose him, I will never lose Christ. Mm. The issue is... He is, needs to be your source of security, and he will meet all your needs. The Bible says, "My, your maker is your husband. The Almighty, the Lord Almighty is his name. But what we have in our material, we, we correct the wrong mindsets that are so prevalent and literally help people see what the Bible actually says. Like, for example, the wives submit to your husbands, I've mentioned. But look at the context of that. It's submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Um, you, so you must look at the, uh, the surrounding verses. One of the things that um, people, I, I ask pastors, give me, give me your scriptures for accepting abuse. And they gave me in, in the former Soviet Union. And like the first one I got was turn the other cheek. Mm, well, wow. You know, therefore, he means that you should submit to abuse. No, when you look at these words, the context of the issue is rejecting retaliation. That's what that's about. You know, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, turn the other cheek also. What he's saying is do not be vengeful. 
Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, what we have to do is be sure to look at Scripture in its context. Um, so I was told, well, Jesus submitted to abuse. And so if you want to be Christ-like, then you must also submit to abuse. No. Um, if you'll notice, look at the number of times when Jesus, uh, he had enemies and he knew it, and the, these enemies were seeking to kill him. So he eluded them. He escaped. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So Jesus did not submit to abuse. The only time he ever did so was when it was time for him to go to the cross and to literally die on the cross for our sins. But what you see is how Jesus would go around Galilee, all these other things. So he wasn't just saying, oh, go on and, and uh, abuse me, hit me, uh, be violent toward me. Um, so I think the issue for us is what does God's word teach? Mm. What you see is some will say, oh, well, but First Peter 2 says that we are to do unjust suffering. I remember unjust suffering because you're conscious of God, but that's what's the point. What is, is if you're being criticized, uh, uh, beaten for your faith, that's different than being Mm -hmm. literally... Beaten beaten. because you exist. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the issue is to know what... The Bible is truly saying, this is why I love our material on on uh, domestic violence, domestic abuse, because you have to begin with a new way of thinking about yourself. God loves you. He created you. Uh, abuse is a sin against God's creation. And, and God did not create your husband to ab- abuse you. So don't think abuse is normal either. Line up your thinking with God's thinking. And that's why the Bible does say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mind. You've got to have a new way of thinking and therefore understand the biblical mandate to hold abusers accountable. Abuse is, um, I'll say it this way, confrontation is biblical according to the Bible. And we all need to be confronted if we are doing that which is wrong in the eyes of God. And that's mm-hmm. why Proverbs nineteen nineteen says, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue them, you'll have to do it again. It's a powerful thing uh, to hear someone talk about this, this topic from a position of biblical authority which is what you've just done uh, for the last uh, little bit that we've been talking. For those of you who are watching, I have uh, June's book here. It is called uh, Domestic Abuse. There's no excuse for it. And I'm telling you what, if I had had access to this when I was a young girl or if my mother Mm. had had access to this, I think my life would have been different. And uh, it, it brings me to tears thinking about it because there are so many women in these situations, whether they're being physically abused or sexually abused or uh, daughters who are yeah. being abused by their fathers, this is not God's heart, is it, June? No, and I wish I could have given, I wish I'd written the material for my mom to give, I, I resonate with what you wish you had done for your mom. I yeah. wish I had known what to do earlier. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, June, where can people find you online? 
Oh, we're just hopefortheheart.org. Hopefortheheart.org. You're so, she's so quiet. Oh, we're just hopefortheheart.org. Never mind the fact that you, how many, how many uh, radio listeners do you think you've had over the years? I have no idea. I don't even know how to think about it, that. It's got to be in the millions. I would imagine uh, you've been on the radio for a very long time. Yeah. And you, have you spoken at Harvard? Well, yes. Interesting that you say that. Yeah, my sister, um, she actually invited me to speak at uh, it's something called Core Connections that she was putting together because she was an ambassador. And then after that, after we had this conversation about uh, her her view of uh, of me and mother and all, uh, all of a sudden she changed. And she couldn't believe our she she didn't understand that what was going on in our life uh, was biblically wrong. See, she thought yeah. it was biblically right that for yeah. dad to do what he would do. And so she had me come and speak. And so I started this way. There, there were 200 leaders. They were all world leaders, uh, women. And um, she said, you can invite two or three fundamentalists like you and i said it's <laughs> a fundamentalist and if so you, if you mean that i had i adhere to the gospel fundamentally then i guess I, you're right i said well, i do <laughs> believe in the fundamentals of the faith but i'm really yes. not called a fundamentalist yeah please don't call me a fundamentalist yeah so um so then but the, the bottom line is uh the few that i recommended she was stunned at how intelligent they were and how capable and so so she had me to come anyway so um I started this way. I happen to be a Christian. I never say this. I happen to be a Christian, um, but I'm not expecting anyone else here to be one. But I want you to know, if you care about women who are abused, and there are people worldwide, one in three women are abused, I want to encourage you to take your pen, and I want you to, I'm going to give you what will help you help them, because many Godly people believe that they have no choice being abused, but they and so they don't want to go against God and they don't want to go against God's word. So what I'm going to give you is what will help them. You will, if you care about those who are abused, you will be empowering them with truth. And so I gave all these scriptures and the report that she got back from all of these uh, the evaluations she couldn't believe these educated people and but they you know they weren't christians but they were writing all these scriptures down it was fabulous so she has had she used to have a very negative attitude toward me and all of a sudden she tells me she uh, she tells people about me frequently uh well you have the whole holy spirit change so it just shines through you. And I heard you share that story about speaking at Harvard University one time. And I really took it to heart because uh, the gospel changes people yeah. and uh, we shouldn't be ashamed of it. It is the power of Christ for salvation, first to the Jew and then everyone else who believes. June Hunt, you are a national treasure. I'm so thrilled and honored that you came on my show today. And I hope I get to talk to you again soon. Well, I want to hug your neck over the line. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I'll look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. For more information about today's guest, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes and I will link back to June's ministry today. If you haven't picked it up, for those of you who are on Rumble, by the way, I'm moving away from YouTube because I'm really tired of them kicking me off their platform. 
Uh, so I'm over on Rumble, but if you've not picked up her book, Domestic Abuse, I want to encourage you to do it. This is life-changing, and it's life-changing because it is the Word of God on this topic. So I hope you guys will check that out. Thank you for listening. If you are subscribed to the show, stick around for happy hour. Everybody else, I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.